3CR would like to acknowledge the Kulin Nations, true owners, caretakers and custodians of the land from which we broadcast. 3CR pays respect to elders past and present of the Kulin Nation. We recognise their unceded sovereignty. You're listening to 3CR's annual International Women's Day broadcast. We're Jasmine and Ifka from Tuesday Breakfast, celebrating women and gender-diverse First Nations artists and music. The first hour of the show will feature some interviews and First Nations artists who have been on the Tuesday Breakfast show, and then we'll round out the second half of the show with an hour of First Nations music spanning various genres and eras. We're going to start the show by revisiting an interview I did with Alara late last year. Lara is a powerful Yorta Yorta winya. She's a storyteller, composer, director, producer, musician, and soundscape designer. With humour and integrity, Alara uses the double bass and sound samples from country to weave textures for healing in her work. Alara's innovative music speaks to black justice and sovereignty. Alara was the recipient of the Archie Roach Foundation Award for Emerging Talent for Music Victoria Awards in 2021 and is a founding member of Ensemble Dutala. In this interview, Alara talks about her recent music project and the tour she was planning at the time. Welcome, Alara. Thanks so much for chatting with us. Good morning. Thanks for having me at um, bright and early 8am. Yeah, so nice to hear from you. How are you going? I'm a bit sleepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are you based this morning? I'm on um, the lands of the Jajoverung people, and um, yeah, in bed still, but um, it's good to be here. Yeah, great. Um, so you recently announced on Instagram that you'll be touring with Olenka Toroshenko as part of your regional rekindled tour. Can you tell us a bit about that and how the project came to be? Yeah, of course. Um, I'm super excited. Olenka is an artist who I met at, at kind of just random. We were both at a festival called Nadi Nayara. Um, on Bruni Island, just off the um, <laughs> off the, the main <laughs> the mainland, the Tasmania, <laughs> um, and yeah, she she heard me play um, during my set, and she heard the song Rekindled Systems, and then the next day, I kind of stumbled across her set of poetry, spoken word, um, and she was performing a piece called Walking to the Fire, which is very very intense um, piece about grief and, and death. Um, and, yeah, we kind of instantly became best mates and spent a lot of time over that next kind of 12 months. Her and her partner were travelling around, but we met in, like, a few different places and um, started to build, yeah, a kinship and decided that we would perform a duet show at the Northgate Social Club for the first Fuse Festival of March 2020, which got cancelled. <coughs> and, um, yeah, we've, we've been trying to get a project off the ground, yeah, for, yeah, three, two and a half, three years now to share our kind of paralleled, like, different but similar stories of um, resilience and survival. Um, Olenka is Ukrainian-Canadian, so born in Canada, um, but, you know, all of her grandparents are from Ukraine. And so, yeah, but when we started this project, the war um, or the reinvasion of Ukraine had not yet um, started this round, this time round. But um, it's been quite a process for us 
and kind of thrown in a, a bunch of a bunch more grief than what we were expecting. So it's been a really difficult um, spiritual and grounding and honest process. Spending the last few weeks with her, kind of preparing what we're going to do for the tour. But yeah, we're we're going to be doing four shows uh, in regional Victoria, um, so-called Victoria, and then one final show, kind of a bit of an after-party and a bit of a celebration, which will be part of the Black Stage um, event uh, at the Retreat Hotel. Mm. Um, thank you to Deadly Events and um, that Deadly Open Mic that's happening over there. No, that's, yeah, that sounds incredible, Alara. Um, it sounds, yeah, as you were saying, some huge parallels with the way that you incorporate deeply personal storytelling um, um, with Alenka's practice as well. Yeah, and she's very funny. Like, Alenka <laughs> is multidisciplinary. Like, she's a clown, she's a spoken word, she's an advanced movement-based kind of artist and spoken word singer. So it's, it's really fun working with her. Um, and we're both just, like, hectic on the banter, which is super fun. Because <laughs> usually it's just me alone, like, <laughs> talking to the audience. Like, I have someone on stage with me, but it's really just me and other me. So it's mm. super fun and she's very funny. And we've got a few special guests coming along with us for the tour and then a few people, a few local people um, in each of the places. And maybe I could tell you about them. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to hear if, you, if you're if you able to share who these special guests might be. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got Corey Theatre, mm-hmm. um, who's an incredible um, Kunduchmara um, Ghanai singer-songwriter, and he sings in, in Gundij and writes in Gundij and, and English as well, but he's absolutely incredible. So he's based in... Um, on Ghana country in Adelaide and so we're really excited for him to come along and you know get to get to share his work in language on on Gunditjmara country and and Ghana country so he'll be on the two stops Warrnambool and um at Peralgan Gippsland Performing Arts Centre um so we're super excited to have him along and he's um cousins with Monica Jasmine Caro who's based here um and yeah, is and again like spoken word, sing songwriter, um, but is also an actor and and involved with with lots of different kinds of things. So Monica is amazing, um, and I've worked with her in lots of different kind of spaces in the last few years, particularly where we kind of co-founded with um, Maylene Slater Burns, the First Nations Women in Music Collective. Um, in Victoria, and so yeah, just stoked that she's on board and um, has so much to share. And um, and then we've got Culture Evolved, which is Brent Watkins mm, and yeah, and Uncle Sean, um, Sean Ryan. And so they yeah, they're going to be doing what they do, which is like dance and and um, song and stage, and um, they're just absolutely beautiful. Brother Brent has. Yeah, I've worked with him. Again, like all of these artists are just like we're we're connected up in so many different ways through so many different things and it's really exciting that we can all share this um, tour and I'm just so grateful that they've all come on board. I was like, 
in in early 2021, I was like, "Hey guys, want to do a tour?" We got this like massive idea. <laughs> It was so good. And I think that really speaks to how powerful your performances are, Lara, because you form, you know, such beautiful, genuine connections with mob um, throughout our communities. Um, so I think, yeah, the audience will be in for a real treat. Sounds like such a powerhouse lineup. Powerhouse lineup. And then, like, for Bendigo, um, we're going to be having um, Beck. And Mitch, I'm not sure what their performing names are. We're still working on some finer <laughs> details there. Um, and then we've got um, the beautiful brother, Bricky B, um, coming along for the Yorta Yorta show on, at Shepparton. And what else do we have? Yeah, we're going to hopefully have some dancers, um, local mob in every kind of spot. And then we've got... Um, workshops in all of the spots as well, Warrnambool, um, Geralgon, Shepparton and Bendigo, kind of sharing little bits of each of our, each of the kind of tour artists' own uh, creative and cultural um, things. So that's going to be really, really fun and just hoping to, yeah, give back as well as kind of share what we have, but to, yeah create a space where we can meet some people kind of more one-on-one and share what we do and hopefully leave some skills. Mm. Um, yeah, because that's really important. Yeah, no, I think that sort of multidisciplinary um, uh, practice that you're bringing into the tour is going to be really incredible. Um, also, I wanted to ask you about your recent performance alongside G Flip at the AFL Grand, Fly- Grand Final. That must have been a pretty surreal experience. How was that? That was really, really, really fun. Mm. Um, yeah, I've known G for years. Um, yeah, over 10 years. G was one of my first friends at uni. We both went to Box Hill Institute together and um, yeah, for for me to receive a like little voice note from Jean like a couple of weeks beforehand, like just classic like voice note on Instagram being like, Hey Alara, I'm playing at the grand final. Do you wanna um do you wanna play with me? I was like, Yes, absolutely I wanna play with you. That's um, so good. And and your guitar, who who designed your guitar? So my guitar, my bass was made by Neil Kennedy and he makes basses um, that are now um, in in market. Like, I don't know words. <laughs> no, no words yet. <laughs> Too early. <laughs> yeah, that didn't come out how it would have at maybe 1pm. Um, but yeah, Neil Kennedy, beautiful bass maker and Cole Clark produces um, his designs. And so, yeah, this one is like one of the quite early ones that he made. Um, I think I got this one in about 2016. Um, yeah, and he, he just, yeah, got the, the artwork, <laughs> our Aboriginal flag put on there. Me and, yeah, the bass is like made especially for what I wanted, which is, yeah, like a five string and really super beautiful pickups and flat wounds and I just love playing it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, for any of our listeners um, who didn't see the performance, it's this incredible bass guitar with the Aboriginal flag embedded onto the front facade. It's it's stunning. Mm, thank you. Mm. Um, yeah, 
And I also just um, wanted to ask, so you have a lot of exciting performances obviously coming up, um, one including Meredith though, and last time you played was with the late Uncle Archie. How are you feeling about this year's festival? I'm, um, I'm really excited about it. It's a lot of work. I've, I've curated like all my best friends' bands, so like all my best friends who are amazing musicians to, to play alongside me. But because they're so amazing, they are very busy yeah. <laughs> in high demand. And yeah, like finding some rehearsal dates has been a bit tricky, but yeah, super excited. We've, we've got um, Daniel Marquez, Phoebe Ellsworth, Pataphysics, Basil Byrne, Aisha Mehta, um, and Mari Elias um, playing with me for that performance. So that's going to be, I'm going to perform with them um, more so from my latest release, which is called Delana, which mm-hmm. is more instrumental-based stuff and, and written kind of during lockdown, but in a time when I really wanted to be playing with other musicians and wanting to be connecting. So, yeah, we'll be playing some tunes off that. And, yeah, two of those tunes were written, uh, three of those tunes were written with the other, with those artists. Um, in in lockdown, you know, they were sending me things from the com- like through the computer, and we were kind of writing that way. So yeah, super excited about that. And that was a that was a project that I did um, with Corey Thorpe, mm. Delana, and all of the pieces. It's four pieces, and each piece has its um, kind of family artwork that goes with it, and cause painted and we did um, time-lapse videos of that, um, those paintings and the music goes with the, the videos of the artwork being created and those artworks are in Carlton's place, there's four artworks up and but yeah, wanting to share that music live with the full band of like kind of how I intended it to be but often people are asking me to do like bookings are often like solo or duo but so yeah, super excited to play with the band and it will be it will be an emotional experience because the last time I was on that stage was with Uncle Archie and I'll be just feeling, I think, incredibly grateful for the, the time that I got with him and getting to be on that stage there. And, yeah, it's going to be going to be a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um, I, I'm yeah super excited to see that performance. Um, well, um, I mean, I could talk to you all day, but... Unfortunately, that is actually all we have time for this morning. Um, but before you go, if our listeners do want to attend one of your shows as part of the Rekindled Tour, where can they book tickets? The best place to book tickets is we've got a landing page um, and it's called rekindledsystems.com. Uh, do, do you want me to spell it out? Uh, we can actually put it in the show notes. Thank you. That's, that's ideal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably going to be the best option. Yeah, rekindledsystems.com. Or yeah, you can if you're following me on Instagram, go to my <laughs> link in bio. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you thank so, you so much, much for taking the time. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, sis. Bye. That was my interview with Alara from 2022, chatting about her latest music project and tour. Next up, we're going to play you a live version of Walla Is Life by Alara. And this performance took place in Mianjin in 2019 at the Powerhouse Stores building. But yeah, this piece that I'm about to do, it's got some crowd participation. How do you feel about singing? <laughs> Best crowd ever. <laughs> awesome. So it's really easy. Uh, I'll get you to sing the chorus with me. 
Um, and at the end of the chorus, there's a little bit. Um, the chorus is very easy. You'll pick it up instantly. Everybody does. I'm, I'm not a complicated songwriter. <laughs> um, but it's the bit at the end of the chorus, which is the good bit. Um, and I, I prompt you with, and the kookaburra sings. So just for a second, yeah, imagine in your mind your best kookaburra sound. <laughs> you clearly have some really good kookaburra sounds. <laughs> awesome, great. So have that ready. Um, and, and you'll know, because I'll, I'll be like, yeah, let's go. Anyway, so it's, this song's about respecting water and respecting um, country and, and it's got a few perspectives in it. So there's perspe- like my perspective and what I perceive as Mother Earth's perspective and then also um, the Gabba or like the government um, or these big corporations that um, aren't treating our environment very well. Even when we're, you know, standing up and fighting and saying, hey, can, can you not, like, can you not do that? So this song is, um, it's a protest song, I guess. And it's a love song. I love you, Dungal. All right, here goes. I get you cook away in you. Waller is life, Walla falls from the sky, rain beginning of life, like our kinship ties, in Mother Earth's eyes, river banks flow wide, fingerlings from wild, making Mother Moon smile, hasn't rained in a while. Waller is blood, Walla gives flood. Waller is life, gotta get law right, limitless undercurrents, pushing, pulling, pumping, gliding, sliding, mulling, trickle from the nipple of sacred springs. 
it's an animal thing. <sighs> Made to give us wings. <sighs> Might come if we sing. <sighs>
Thank you so much, you're amazing supervisor, you're amazing singing. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, Melbourne's Voice of Dissent. 3CR Community Radio, 855 on the AM dial, streaming live at 3cr.org.au or on 3CR Digital in Melbourne. We're now going to revisit an interview from the 24th of May 2022 that Fung did with First Nations singer-songwriter Jessie Lloyd. This interview was on the release date of her album Alien Songs Project Four Winds. It's a contemporised exploration of popular historical songs from the Torres Straits. It brings together ancient languages and historical events with tropical island reggae grooves. She chats to Fung about the album and her music more broadly. Welcome to 3CR, Jessie. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Can you start by telling us more about your music and your style, um, how you got involved in music, just for any listeners uh, who don't know? Um, oh, that was a lot of questions in one. Um, <laughs> uh, I've been a musician for a while, but um, my previous work, which is related to this, um, was the, an album I did called Mission Songs Project. The research project to um, re- research the historical songs from Aboriginal missions and settlements and reserves. Um, so this is just a kind of continuation on, on that, a second chapter of focusing on songs from the Torres Strait from around the same era. Amazing. So history and music. Your, your latest album is, is being released today, so congratulations. Um, could you, you tell us more about this particular project? Well, this one is focusing around um, songs from the Torres Strait. Um, I spent many, many years... Um, tracing these songs and, and finding their roots and, and following their journeys, I guess, over the last 100 years um, in, um, and to sort of all of the things where they've ended up and there's some really amazing stories and adventures that they've had um, that really influenced um, or had a big impact uh, in Australian music, Australian music history. Um, yeah, so I... I um, I'm very excited that it's finally released today because it's been many years working on this. Yeah, amazing. Um, and, you know, there, there was mention of, you know, the fact that a lot of these songs look at um, language um, as well as history. Um, why is it important for us to have songs in um, First Nations languages, in your opinion? Uh, well, a lot of the um, languages are still existing in the Torres Strait, um, which we're very lucky. So, um, and music has, has been um, one of the platforms that the language exists. Um, in researching a lot of old songs all over Australia, it was evident that the Torres Strait um, had always been encouraged and allowed to practice um, their musical traditions as opposed to other communities around Australia, where music, the traditional music, especially, uh, or music and language was not encouraged. So you can see the difference. Um, and now um, even the languages in the Torres Strait are considered severely endangered. So um, this album is, is, is one way of trying to 
not preserve the language, but maintain it and 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 use it as a resource in the um, in the ecosystem of that language, so it has a, has a place to exist for future generations. Yeah, amazing. Um, and yeah, like you were saying, I think it's so important for us to for these traditions and these languages to, to carry on to future generations. Um, and it's amazing that um, a lot of communities can practice um, uh, their their culture and their languages, especially um, as we know, you know, through the history of colonisation that a lot of First Nations people were barred from doing so. Um, so it's great that we've got, you've got this project to be able to um, share that with with. Um, communities around Australia. Um, to celebrate the release of this project, have you got any events or performances coming up that you, you'd you like to tell us about? Yeah. Um, well, uh, I've partnered with the City of Melbourne um, on their uh, Marbo Day celebration. So we're going to be launching the album um, at Federation Square on Marbo Day, which is the 3rd of June, um, which I believe it's not long from now. Uh, and um, we'll be um, performing the album with a band, um, six-piece band, and also we'll be bringing down some of the song women I've been collaborating with uh, from the Torres Strait, and they'll be coming down to Melbourne. They'll be absolutely freezing, but they're brave, and um, they're really excited about um, singing with me and sharing um, these songs um, that they've all been singing for generations um, at Federation Square on the 3rd of June. Awesome. And we can definitely um, share a link to that event so that um, people can access the information about that next month. Um, if there's one thing that you would like people to know about um, uh, Torres Strait history, Torres Strait culture, um, that you... Uh, have um, I guess discovered or explored through the project is um, what would that be? Oh, um, well, firstly, um, the project's called Island Songs Project, and island is the Creole word for island, I S L A N D. Um, but I guess everything's connected. And sometimes we categorise and we see Aboriginal and Torres Strait as two separate things, and even Papua New Guinea as two separate things, but those borderlines only existed quite recently. And it's even the even connection to the Pacific. So these songs prove that those borderlines were not existent 150, 200 years ago. And um, so where, where Australian connections end and begin in regards to, you know, Northern Australia or Pacific or even Southeast Asia, aren't really relevant and these songs prove that. Mm. Yeah, I, I love that actually. Um, well, thank you so much for that, Jessie. Uh, before you go today, could you please tell us about the song that we're about to play, um, Black Swanner? Mm. One of my, my favourite song at the moment. Uh, this song is in my grandfather's language, which is the Mabiag dialect of Kalalagawa, Western Torres Strait. Uh, Black Swan is about a pearl lugger, a boat. Um, and there was a big pearling industry in Northern Australia, from Torres Strait to Broome uh, to, and Darwin. And a lot of Torres Strait men worked on these pearl luggers, diving for pearl shells. And um, this is just a song that the divers would sing um, about a boat 
um, cutting through the water and um, uh, and <clears throat> I, my attempt of telling the story of how our Torres Strait men worked and travelled on these boats that built a lot of the Australian industries uh, during that time. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for that, Jesse, and um, congratulations on the release of this album um, uh, and looking forward to um, hearing more of your music and, and learning more about the history and languages of the Torres Strait people. Um, thank you so much for joining us on 3CR Tuesday Breakfast this morning. Lovely. Thank you for having me. So that was Jessie Lloyd, um, who's an Indigenous artist, speaking to us about her latest album uh, called Island Song Project, um, which is being released today. As Jessie mentioned before, this next song comes from the album. It's her favourite, and it's called Black Swana.
That was Fung chatting with Indigenous artist Jessie Lloyd about her May 2022 album release. You also heard a song from the album called Black Swana. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855am. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. On Sunday the 27th of November 2022, Mushroom Group, the Victorian Government and Bad Apples Music held First and Forever, a new day-long festival celebrating black excellence and the irrepressible force that is contemporary First Nations culture and music. Artists from multiple nations performed at the Gathering Place for a landmark music event. Handpicked by Bad Apples music founder, rapper and author Briggs, the collected artists represent the myriad of forms and genres through which First Nations culture continues to evolve. It was a dizzying procession of acts interwoven in short, uninterrupted sets. Here's an interview that Jasmine did back in November about First and Forever. We're going to chat with Jaja Warung and Yorta Yorta woman Alira Dryden, one of the dancers from the Jara Dance Group, about her performance and the festival. Welcome, Alira. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. So can you tell us a bit about the performance with the group and what it meant to you? Yeah, yeah, of course. So um, as Jasmine said, I'm a proud Jaja Warung, Yorta Yorta woman, and um, I'm a part of the Jara, Jara Dance Group. And... Um, <clears throat> We were lucky enough to be able to dance at the concert and um, honestly it was the most amazing experience for myself and for my sisters that were dancing with me and um, I think it meant so much to us and the dance just went so well and everyone was um, enjoying the dance with us and just really, really just like taking um, all of our dance moves in because obviously our dance moves have been passed down by generation to generation. And so for me, it was an absolute privilege and honour to be able to dance my ancestors' dances. And, yeah, it was just a beautiful experience. Yeah, and um, I saw that you were wearing emu feathers. Can you tell us a bit about what that means and um, the importance of wearing that through your performance? Yeah, so um, the Jarjarong people's totem is the emu, um, and so... Um, that skirt's the Brummel um, skirt. So um, one of my sister girls who I danced with, um, she actually made that and um, she allowed me to wear that. So it's a it's a pretty significant thing that um, us Jajarong women wear those in skirts because um, it's our totem and we're representing our totem and um, we also get painted up um, similar to um, emu, emu legs. And, um, yeah, just a... It's just a tradition that um, us Jarjarong women do. Yeah, really beautiful. And I know you've danced multiple times um, for various different events. How was this event different? Um, yeah, well, I think this event was probably my biggest event. Um, about three years ago, we did Tandurum, um at Federation Square, and that was a, an amazing experience. And so this um, festival was my first time back at it. And I think this festival was just... Um, yeah, the the atmosphere of it was just so amazing. And then as soon as I walked out on stage, you know, you just see all these people. Like I'm pretty sure there was over seven thousand people there, and um, the, the the faces that were just, you know, they were all on us. And so 
we um in that moment i felt you know just so just so overwhelmed with um love and just spirit from the crowd and it was that's what really gave me the strength to be able to dance and um yeah just thinking of my ancestors really yeah really incredible and um why do you think festivals like first and forever are really important i think it's really important because um you know, we're show we're we're showing the black excellence from our community and our, and Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. You know, like we are very very talented people, and I think it's so important to have these massive festivals so we can showcase that. And then even for the you know young fellas and young women in the crowd that you know haven't um, been able to share their talent, and you know when they see aboriginal people up on stage they go yep i can do that i want to be like that and you know so it really pushes our young mob to be able to get up there and get that confidence and showcase what they have in their talent and their spirit and i think um that's why it's really important we have these sort of concerts Mm -hmm. yeah as a a young girl you've performed with your father as well um so it must be pretty surreal you know now as an adult performing on your own Oh yeah, definitely. I uh, just, um, I think that the whole time I was dancing, I was thinking, um, I was thinking of my ancestors, but I was also thinking of my beautiful nan and my dad. Mm. Um, you know, because my nan, she, um, she grew up um, on Kamragunja Mission, and then she got moved to the flat in Marubanara, and um, <clears throat> I think, um, yeah, she, she wasn't able to practice culture as much as I am, and so. That's why I feel it's my job and my duty to be able to dance and showcase my culture and share it with people in a respectful way and also guided by my elders as well. So, yeah, it was just a, honestly like one of the most amazing experiences and um, dances that I will forever, and the concert will, I will forever always hold close to my heart as well. Mm. Who was your favourite act of the day uh, at the festival? Uh, favourite act? Uh, I'm going to have to say maybe either Jessica Mowboy. She was phenomenal because I've met her before and um, ever since watching um, the Sapphires, I think she did an amazing job in the Sapphires and I've just always loved Jessica Mowboy. As soon as she got up, I was going off. It was just, it was amazing. It was awesome. So I think either Jessica Mowboy, Barker, I was obviously got the privilege to um, meet Barker and she was awesome and we had a deadly chat. Um, so I think, yeah, either... Jessica Mowboy, Barker, um, I think Bake Boy, he was amazing too. Kobe D, honestly, like all of them, like I can't, I can't pick just one act because they were just so amazing, and just even being backstage with them and just like having that yarn and, um, you know, just kind of like congratulating each other and like the acts that we did, yeah, it was it was really phenomenal. Um, I was actually at First and Forever, and it was easily um, one of the best shows I've been to and I think a big reason was because of the vibe and because of the energy that the artists actually brought um yeah and it's interesting to hear you say you know that backstage there was a lot of camaraderie because in the audience we were all thinking that we were like you know they're probably backstage just loving it was that the vibe Mm. yeah no of course it was um we were all just backstage and we um, kind of all had our own tents and um, everything and, like, we'd be walking around and having a feed and having a, um, having something to drink and uh, basically we, yeah, we were all just, like, congratulating each other whenever we walked past. Um, obviously, you know, the artists um, that, after me that got to see our act 
congratulating um, all of the dancers, the Tanawan dancers and the jury jury dancers. Like, yeah, it was it was it was amazing, and we're all just kind of like supporting each other and kind of, you know, leaning on each other and each other's vibes. So, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I think that energy really came through. Yeah, of course, of course, and I think yeah, we really just like really wanted to showcase like and. Um, give off our energy and our spirit to everyone and we wanted everyone to join in in the crowd and we wanted you know it was just like and we got that we got that energy I could feel everyone's energy it was yeah it was just amazing it does really seem that First Nations culture particularly in the context of music and performance is becoming more mainstream particularly through festivals like this are you feeling that shift as well Alira? oh of course of course you know when I was a kid never never got to see any any of these stuff like my dad he was a he was a performer himself um, he's a Yadaki player and he was also an actor as well still is an actor and so I think um, you know, for him, it was much harder. Like, he had to work much harder to get his platform and so many other um, Aboriginal artists that are older than us, they had to work so much harder than um, what what us young mob have to because it's so mainstream now. It's so it's so highlighted in, um, you know, just society and, you know, it's celebrated in society. But I think, yeah, we've got, we've got to do a little bit more. But, yeah, I definitely think it's, um, yeah, it's just phenomenal to see our people thrive and I love it. Brings my fills my um heart full of joy when I see our young mob um performing and yeah, just it's just really amazing. Mm. Oh, that's great. Well um before we let you go, Ulira, what other artists would you love to see in the future at festivals like this? Uh what other artists would I like to see? It's pretty um, hard with such a stellar lineup, I think. I know, I know. I think um one of the things I would like to see maybe is a lot of, especially when we do festivals in Victoria, I would really like to see more Victorian mob, um, traditional owner mob um, at these festivals because, um, you know, like we do have um, a lot of talented Victorian mob and I'd really, really love to um, see our Victorian mob up there and, um, you know, and so I'd like it was amazing that um, us Victorian mob got to dance, but um, I would really like to see our Victorian mob up there, you know, sharing their talent and sharing what they have, um, what they have, what they've got really. So, um, but yeah, in terms of artists, I don't know. I just, I think, yeah, I think we had such a phenomenal lineup. Um, but yeah, as I said, maybe some more traditional owners. Yes. That's it. Sounds amazing. Well, Alira, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us about your culture and the festival. Um, it was really lovely to chat this of morning. Of course. Of course, I'd love to. Um, I'm always here to have a yarn and, um, yeah, share what I've got to say. Thank you. Thanks, sis. That was Alira Dryden chatting to us about her performance at First and Forever, which was held on Sunday the 27th of November. To find out more about the artists that performed, you can visit firstandforever.com.au. Become a subscriber and support Radical Radio. Call 03-9419-8377 or subscribe online at 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. The next track we're going to play you is Friends with Feelings by Alice Skye. Alice Skye is a Wagaya Wemba Wemba woman from Western Victoria. She first started recording her music through Karma's Alukura song compilation in Alice Springs, which then led to her debut album, Friends With Feelings, which is where this track comes from. 
It's a really moving track and uh, we think it really highlights her beautiful vocals.
That was Friends with Feelings by Alice Skye. The Milky Way looks good in the night sky. The stars open a short for my dark eyes. Hey, I'm Lady Lash. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, the voice of the sex. 3CR is so awesome, giving the platform for people's voices to be heard and people's gifts to be heard. And always remember that you are amazing. I'm dreaming of the seven moons. Oh, I see what's new. We're now going to play you some songs by Shirley Morris and the Borolula Song Women. The songs are Wali Wali Wanyu and Nabujiu Aku Ija Nana's Song. In 2011 and 2012, the Song People Sessions returned Shirley Morris to Borolula in the Northern Territory, the country of her maternal grandmother, Hilda Muir, who was part of the Stolen Generations. Shelley had to learn the Yanyoyua language from the Borolula song women and compose and record an album of song with her elders combining the traditional song cycles into final production. Shelley enthusiastically encouraged her elders to be a part of the song people sessions, which took them all on a unique musical journey. During the process, the elder custodians of the songs worked with interpreters, translators and anthropologists to share their local histories and knowledge and culture contained in ancient song cycles. The elder Borolula song women recounted stories of travelling in canoes between the Gulf Country Islands as children and attending the ceremonies of their elders where they first heard the traditional ceremonial singing. Go. 
Wale wale ango, lere anta wiriara, lianyua. Wale wale ango, lere anta wiriara, lianyua. Wale wale ango, lere anta wiriara. Over the last hour, we revisited interviews from Alara talking about her latest music project, Jessie Lloyd on the release of her album Aylan Songs Project, Four Winds, and Alira Dryden about performing at First and Forever. You're listening to 3CR, where Jasmine and Ivka from Tuesday Breakfast, celebrating the music of First Nations women and gender-diverse people. We'll be playing you a selection of our favourite songs from various genres and eras. To kick things off, we're going to play a couple of nostalgic tracks from the early 2000s. Here's Sunshine on a Rainy Day by Christine Arnoux. Ooh, 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 ooh,
That was Cinderella by Shakea, a particularly nostalgic song for anyone who loved Barbie party mixes as much as Jazz and I did. Before that, you heard Sunshine on a Rainy Day by Christine Arnu. Next up, we're going to play a more recent upbeat track from Rona featuring Helena called Closure.
closure from Rona. Now we're going to slow it down for the next four songs. Each of these artists are known for their soulful storytelling approach to music. Here's Brown Snake by Thelma Plum.
think of two young lovers running wild and free. I close my eyes in sometimes see you in the shadows of this snow-filled room. No telling how many tears I've sat here and cried, or how many lies that I've lied.
That was Man on the Moon by Kian. We opened that bracket with Thelma Plum's Brown Snake, followed by Neon Moon by Maisha and the Warabinda Singers. You're listening to 3CR. We're Jasmine and Ivka from Tuesday Breakfast. That's all we have time for today. We hope you've enjoyed our program celebrating the music of First Nations women and gender diverse people. <laughs> Tuesday Breakfast would like to thank our friends at Living Coco for their support of the program. Living Coco puts community first by respecting food sovereignty. Based in Braybrook, they create bean-to-bar chocolates, cacao tea, intentional drinking cacao and cacao mass in bulk. A zero-waste manufacturing space, Living Coco ethically source cacao from over 130 domestic village farms in Samoa. They are at livingcoco.com or on Facebook and Instagram. Three CR Breakfast would like to thank the New International Bookshop, Melbourne's independent radical bookstore and venue, for their financial support of this program. You can find Nibs in the basement of Trades Hall in Victoria Street, Carlton. And while you're there, check out Radical Coffee, a worker-run cooperative cafe in the courtyard. Keep up to date with upcoming events at nibs.org.au. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.